The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. G'day everybody, I'm Macca19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me as always on Monday nights is Portia. Hello Macca, how are you? Not too bad, yourself? Yeah, yeah, alright. I've got house house rules on mute right now, which is probably going to make me angry throughout this podcast, so just get ready for that. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. It's the worst show on television. Angry, annoying people annoy each other. It's like there's not there's not a single not a single likable person on that show, including the hosts. I don't, I don't like I don't like any of them. <laughs> I like how they seem to pick like the four best looking couples they can possibly find, and then yeah. two absolute scrubbers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't think I could hold a conversation with any of them for more than a minute. <laughs> Mm. I reckon it'd be really tough. It'd be really tough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about footy. Hey? Yes, we would. Footy. Let's get I'm into not, our I'm love and really... hate. Oh, okay. Which was uh, one thing we loved, one thing we hated about Port Adelaide this week. We'll start with our loves. What was your love? Look, I mean, the love is going to be everyone's love, and that's the fact that we held. Cal- uh, sorry, I'm not Carlton Hawthorne to such a low score uh, before half time. That was fantastic. Yeah. You stole my thunder as well. That that was mine. To keep I mean, them it to their lowest halftime score in ever. what their ninety-two year history is yeah. uh, ridiculous. That's that's phenomenal. That is a phenomenal stat. I mean, that's like going back to the days when you'd kick three goals a game almost. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it almost literally is. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, I never would have thought that would would ever happen. Uh, in this day and age, but there you go. To keep them uh, scoreless at quarter time, and then uh, first time we've ever done that uh, to a, to an opponent, and then uh, yeah, their lowest halftime score ever. It, w- it was a great achievement, and we really did play very very well yeah. in that first half. It was like that Carlton uh, third quarter just spread over a half, really. Yeah, no, it was. Um, look, it was a good effort. Uh, Hawthorne, I, I don't know what happened to them. Really, <laughs> they were um, shocking. Oh, that was shocking. Absolutely shocking. That was shocking. And, uh, yeah, and Vickery had that chance to get a goal early-ish, <laughs> not early-ish, and he fluffed it. And it was, it was, it was the, you know, if you say to Toa Vickery, oh, anywhere other than the top of the square, where would you like to be standing to kick a goal? Like, that would be the spot, yeah? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he fluffed it completely, and I just, oh, there was nothing going their way in that first half at all. No. Um, but the, but the they, umpires, they didn't I, have a uh, possession in their forward 50 until about... 10 minutes into the second quarter. That's how bad they were. Yeah, well, it's not yeah, like they were getting it up there and we were just stopping them. No, they just did not out. get it up there at all. They had no system. No, it completely fell apart. It was fantastic to watch. Um, and the, the Dixon so comprehensively smashing Gibson was quite enjoyable too. That was. Gibson usually plays pretty well against us from memory. But, um, yeah, he got hammered. He got absolutely hammered. which was Smashed. Great. Well, you can't compete when a guy's marking when a two meter tall guy is marking at the extent of his reach. Like, oh. it, there's not, there's hardly anyone that can stop that. No, um, not, even not when if you're 15 centimeters equal... smaller. That's exactly. I mean, he is. he tried, but he just wasn't going to win that. You know, if we deliver to if we deliver to um, Dixon in that manner, and he can take the mark above his head, like it's very hard to do anything about that. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I don't know if that's a Gibson problem or just a Hawthorne needs a tall defender problem, but that's their problem, not ours. Frey. 
He looked really switched on early, Charlie. Um, I thought he yeah. was going to be in for uh, for a bag, a, a bit of a bag of you know six or seven. But uh, so he probably underachieved a little bit on the night, I think. But he still was uh, fantastic out there. I don't know that he really did underachieve as such. I mean, they went pretty defensive. They didn't want to get one nineteen in the second half. Let's face it. That's what that's what happened to Hawthorne in the second half. Mm. Um, they uh, were very defensive, and it's hard for key forwards to to get marks in that situation, particularly when we just seem intent on spraying the ball uh, inside the fifty. <laughs> so yeah. you know, not much you can do about that. That's it. Well, what about your height? My height. Um, oh gosh. Well, I guess they've got a few. I'll name the. I'll, I'll do them in chronological order. Okay. Um, the first hate was the two goals the umpires gave Hawthorne after halftime. Um, mm. Which was just they were just so they were so dodgy they were just yeah. they were just completely dodgy and they were so obvious what they were um, <laughs> it was just really pathetic um, I didn't the Sicily like... one was especially bad oh, like God like we always talk about Selwood but Sicily is probably the worst at throwing his head back with uh, yeah. with Jack Darling in the entire league I would say yeah no at least Selwood makes it like he does get hit high. <laughs> on a regular basis, whereas these two get hit a- across the chest, and you think they've just been clothesline. Yeah, no, that's very fair. Um, uh, I guess the second hate would be kicking one goal seven in the third quarter. Um, that was that's that's not good. That's not good. You know, like even even if you're in party time, like that's not good. Um, yeah, at that, any at any any game at any time of year, really. That, that was my hate as well, but I'll, I'll let you finish off first. Uh, and the third one was just, why, why did we bring in Jimmy Tompas? I mean, <laughs> why? Seriously, why? You know, you've got 26 of the most uh, Nathan Loney-ish possessions ever. Uh, I, I really not. What, three contested possessions, 23 uncontested possessions, four clangers, and he wasn't playing really anything difficult at all. He didn't set anything up. He just was a total non-creator for us And in that role. You've got to be... Attacking and accountable and tackling and all that stuff. You got one tackle. Uh, well, and had of the three, even of the three emergencies, he wasn't the best player to pick. I don't reckon. But mm. Mm. we'll anyway. talk about that a bit later. All right. Um, yeah. Look, my hate is uh, once again we came out after halftime and just wasted those shots in front of goal in a third quarter, and we seem to have done that a hell of a lot over the last few years. And uh, in third quarters this year, we've kicked 41 goals, 44, which doesn't sound too bad, but when you consider it round three, we'd kicked uh, 15 goals, four uh, to that mm. point in the season. Uh, it means we're at uh, 26 goals, 40 in the last seven games. And I don't know, I feel like we just seem to lose a little bit of focus at half time for whatever reason. I'm not too sure what it is, or maybe um, at home when we get this far in front, uh, we just sort of seem to relax and just take pot shots or whatever it is. I, I don't know what it is, but um, we really need to be sort of nailing these shots and, and really sort of digging in the uh, the nail into the opponent a little bit better, I think. I think that it probably speaks of a couple of things. Um, I think the first of all is that it's probably just the opposition. I think as much as anything, it's about the opposition resetting at halftime. Um, and uh, like that's why Charlie Dixon always goals early, you know, for example. Yeah. Uh, that's why Sam Gray always seems to go early too, in my opinion, uh, is that there's they're a bit more ready to go. The opposition's still coping with the uh, immense forward pressure that we've been trying to put on this year, and then by half time they've got their ideas of how they're going to work through it, and that makes it harder to do. 
that puts the rest of our side under pressure. Um, I also think it's just the balance of the side. Like we, you know, every week it seems like we are making very slow shifts from having, you know, a balanced forward line and balanced midfield to sort of going heavy on the halfback flankers again. We've done that again this week by bringing in Tumpus, really. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're going too defence heavy. And honestly, that first half, as fantastic as it was, I mean, that was kind of evidence that we are, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, if you follow that ridiculous first half that was good with the second half where we kick, what, four goals, um, that tells you you've got too many defenders in your team. Uh, and I just worry that we're kind of setting ourselves up to be like a Fremantle when they made the grand final, in that if you got ahead of them, um, then they were, they, they'd they lose, you know, against the good sides. Against the good sides, if you got ahead of them, they were done because they just didn't have that potency going forward. And I think we're robbing our ability to do that right now. It's an interesting one. It's an interesting point you made. I think, <clears throat> like, we are kicking a lot of goals, though. Like, that's, uh, that's a good oh, thing. Yeah. I think we're, we're fourth. We've kicked 156 goals this year. Like, that's a pretty decent effort. Um, yeah, I don't know. Are we? It's a tough one. I, I do like the comparison to Frio, but um, I don't think they were as. Uh... Let me see. Yeah, see, Frio were what's that seventh, I think, um, in in goals total uh, in 2013 mm-hmm. when they made the grand final. So I think we're a little bit better off than what they were, but I do understand your point completely. Yeah, well, I mean, I think this game sort of represented a tipping point um, for having too many defenders in the side. Uh, and the other thing that concerns me is that the sides we've lost to, and we saw a very interesting match this week um, with Gold Coast. Um, I'm pretty sure it's got this week, isn't it? Gold Coast beating West Coast. Yeah, and like that was the reason we beat West Coast is because they beat us in midfield. And we knew that Gold Coast, that's all they've got is midfield. I just wonder whether the fact that we're going safe in defence is inhibiting our ability to make sure that we have midfield depth in case we cop another injury later in the year or we cop multiple injuries, which is not unheard of. Um, Because the sides that we've lost to have beaten us because they've had a, a fantastic big midfield. Like that's been the consistent thing through all of our games that we've lost. You know, the West Coast, when they had their midfield going, they were they were completely smashing us. Um, Gold, uh, GWS were doing the same thing you know Adelaide were doing the same thing they were just beating us in midfield and I just wonder again whether we're again too defence heavy and we need to maybe focus on making sure that we've got extra mids I think that Archie has probably helped a little bit there if he can prove consistent um, he has had a game like this against Hawthorne before a couple of years ago but uh, hopefully um, and I'd love to see a guy like Anna Atley brought in at least so that he's an emergency and doesn't come in for his first game in a final or something yeah. um, I just really want that midfield depth to be really rock solid yeah oh, look, I, I think there's no doubt that we are too defensively top heavy at the moment and that's been a the theme of our podcast for probably what, 18 months now I would say yeah Um, And we said at the start of the year, like, how many halfback flankers can we possibly squeeze into this side, you know? (laughs) Yeah, When we're trying to turn Harlot into a halfback flanker as well, like, how many can you possibly have? But um, hopefully uh, that sort of resolves itself at some point. I mean, I really am loving what our defence is doing, and it is um, playing like a premiership defence, I think, but again, I'll I'll get to that a little bit later as well. Um, But... Yeah, we do seem just a little bit out of whack, um, and I would like a little bit more mid, like pure midfield depth in the side at the moment as well. Yep, yep. So I think I think that personally, we probably need another forward and another midfielder and a couple of halfback flankers. Piss off. Yep. 
that's fine. That's fine by me. Hmm. Right, on to questions. Um, okay. It Just Is has asked uh, for our thoughts on Ty Vickery's haircut. Um, I didn't work at it. <laughs> no. I think he looks like a Labradoodle that's had a bad haircut, to be honest. Well, he just looks awkward. And uh, he probably plays like a Labradoodle as well. So it, Yeah, it didn't do anything for his football, that's for sure. No. Or his looks. Um, Pommy Power has asked, uh, green or black olives? Green. Green? Really? Yeah, I yeah. prefer them of the two. It's a close thing. I don't really like olives, but I do prefer green. Calamata all the way, it's got to be said. But if I had to choose between those two, uh, it, it would probably be black, only because I think they work better on a pizza. And that's probably yeah, the no, only time fair. I'm that's either going to eat black or green olives is on a pizza. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really into olives. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Eight has asked, um, supporters seem to jump back on the prospect of genuine flag contention every time we beat a bottom side. Our record against good teams has me far from convinced that we will just turn it on against the best when the time comes. Are we genuine contenders at this point, or do you still need significant convincing? I think we need to prove that we have potency to keep scoring against a good side. That's been what we've missed. I feel that the games that we've lost against the better sides, we've sort of been like, ah, we're getting close, we're getting close, but we're just not getting the goals. And I think that's for the reasons we just kind of discussed. So I think we can't answer that question. Yeah. I think despite not being able to beat anyone decent at this point in the season, I think the way we play and the structure we have, especially through that back half, um, and the way that our sort of key defenders and, and those sort of uh, those players are playing, is one that will absolutely stand up in finals should we make it, I think. Um, and we do know that finals is a different beast. You know, it's more contested. You've got less time. It's lower scoring. And it is almost reliant on inside midfielders and defences to win you a premiership. Mm. Um, and I think what we're seeing is our club trying to play in a finals-type fashion. Um, I think our defence will do the job, as they've done the job all year. I think it's up to the midfield to stand up come finals time. I think that's where I'm still a little bit um, concerned and, and need a bit more convincing. And that's why I would love to have one of those uh, extra back flankers turned into a uh, midfield position. Yeah, comfortably. Uh, two of them for me, but yeah, I, I agree um, that we need to certainly be better at the midfield. Um, and remembering in finals, like we can't rely on Robbie Gray to be the guy kicking five goals every week. He doesn't doesn't really do it all that often. Um, and like this week was another one where he sort of didn't do a lot. Um, he got that one really good intercept goal, and that was about it for the day, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it was. He's either really hot or really not at the moment, Robbie. And uh, I guess. That's understandable given his um, alleged injuries and, and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, I just want a little bit more from him sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But it's um, also good a... that other players are standing up when he's not kicking goals as well. There's just been a comment on Spreaker Chat, which I kind of think is a question worth asking, which is um, not asking. Well, it's not a question, sorry. Tommy Power said he doesn't think Jacko is working. Yeah, probably not. I think... Um, uh, there was a comment from Scott Kent Collins just above that as well, saying that we're lacking uh, forward structure when our inside 50 is flooded. And I think yeah. um, that also adds to the Jacko point as well, is that I think he's doing okay, but is he really succeeding in the role? Probably not. He's had those two big games where he kicked six goals um, between them, and that was uh, that was pretty much it. And I think when, our forward, when we are getting flooded... Um, we can't just rely on Dixon and bombing it long to Dixon. I think we need another genuine 
tall forward target that can take grabs. Now, this week, that should have been Ryder. And I'll get to that a bit later on as well, because he dropped about nine marks inside 50, I reckon, on the weekend. Now, had he taken some of them, he probably could have had you know, one of the best games of his career. Yeah, look, um, I don't disagree with that. Um, I would like to see uh, Todd Marshall come in. I think that the athleticism and his accountability, not accountability, his chase. Marshall, yeah. Um, I think the fact that he chases when he doesn't take the mark is something that we probably do need in those circumstances. Just that second efforts and that ability to sort of react quickly and change direction, which he's got as an 18-year-old key forward. He's got that ability to be pretty agile uh, or 19, whatever he is. Um, I think that he could help solve that problem because he can work in short spaces and he's got that really good 20-metre sprint. So um, For sure. Yeah. Yep. I think he could be an answer this year. This year, which is surprising, but there we are. Yeah, well, we don't. I mean, we've got Eddie, but... Nah, he's I not th- going to solve that. I think we will, I would still prefer Marshall, maybe, if we're going to go down that path. But, yeah, that'll be interesting to see if uh, if anything happens there. Uh, Dylan8 has asked a cre- the question, a very good one, rap rock or pop punk? Uh, neither. neither. Well, that's, well, what's rap rock? Fair. Give, give me a rap rock. Give me a rap rock song. Oh, a band. Rage Against the Machine. Oh, they're all right. Yeah. Uh, give Lim- me a Lim pop Biscuit, punk one. Pop mm-hmm. punk. Green Day. Good Charlotte. Yeah. Some forty one. I guess. I guess rap rock then. If I have to choose. I was I was big on rap rock growing up, but um, outside of a couple of those sort of classic bands and classic albums it really hasn't sort of uh, stood the test of time at all. And I was never a big fan of Blink. I hated Green Day, hated Sum 41. Good Charlotte's probably the worst band of all time. Um, but I am actually really liking some of the newer pop punk that's out at the moment. Stuff like uh, Neck Deep and, and Story So Far and uh, a little bit of uh, Old Time Low as well. They're, they're not too bad. Yeah, I think the ones that you named as pop punk, like for me, I just or associate associate 100% of their fans as being douchebags. So that's really <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the. It's not about the music for me. It's just like, yeah, no, I, I know people that support that, and they're all tools. So I don't want anything to do with that. Thank you. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there you Schultz go, listeners. Schultz and Fess has asked, um, will you both admit that your calls to delist Archie were premature while consuming a large satchel of units live on air? No, 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 not at all. Um, he's in his sixth year of AFL, and the fact that he's only played this one game really this good is kind of like, probably not premature. Um, like I said earlier, he did this against Hawthorne a couple of years ago, um, had 20-something disposal, kicked goal. Um, and he's done. He's had two good games against what Gold Coast and Hawthorne in a year when they're both bottom four. I'm not. I'm, I'm happy with my 50 game measure. Thanks. So no. Yeah, I uh, I'm really liking Archie at the moment. I think uh, mm. I'm surprised that he's come in and done such a good job. Um, will he be able to do it week in week out for the rest of the year? That's the question. And uh, hopefully he can because he will certainly help in bridging that gap of uh, having another true midfielder there uh, that will hopefully be able to perform in finals. I kind of feel like these two goodish games, he's had his grace period where teams are not entirely ready for him, but there's enough recent footage now for teams to sort of be aware of him like they were with Cal Pepper after his first couple of really good breakout games. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll, I think this week we'll see um, a bit more. I think Essen will be a really good test for him. Yep. Um, so, you know, get back to me then. For sure. Uh, Portmanteau has asked, Thursday night footy, yeah, nah, or nah, yeah? 
Uh, look, I mean, it's probably one of those things that Thursday night footy is good early or late in the season, but when it's the middle of winter, I don't know. No, <laughs> no, no, not really. It you was know. bitterly cold out there, I'm yeah, going to say. Yeah. It was freezing. You've got to back up the next day. Like, that's not nice, is it? I'm sure. Yeah. Look, um, in my so... old work situation, uh, I'd say definitely. Definitely not, because I live in the country. It's two and a half hour drive. Oh, there's that too. It takes about three hours from Adelaide Oval to get back home. Um, So last year, I think the... uh, Was it Richmond or Hawthorne that we played Thursday night last year? I can't remember, but uh, I reckon I got home at about 1am after that game and uh, had to back up for work the next day, which was uh, not much fun. But uh, in my current work situation, um, yep, all good. Bring it on. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm not keen on it. And like you said, I think for country fans, and we do have a good number of country fans. And you know, even by country fans, I'm talking about people coming from Norlunga, you know, <laughs> like people living down that way. It's a long drive back in the weeknight. Um, yeah, I don't know. More train, I suppose they use. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a great thing. I think you can probably tolerate one a year. I think it's fine when it's before Easter. That's fine. That's a natural Thursday night football one, and you use that for sure. But if there's not a day off afterwards, it's just cruel. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of want it in the first four weeks of the season or the last yeah. four weeks. That's about it. Yeah, when it's warmish as well. Yeah. And you Leave sort of the think, uh, oh, yeah. two and a half degrees for uh, Friday nights. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think we agree. Uh, Andre has asked, Dixon, is he a centre-half forward or a full forward? Uh, I reckon he's that old Treadray role of uh, centre half full forward. I I that think sort of he's type role. Yeah, I think you. I think that's as much about how we're playing him as anything else. Um, I don't know. I think he's kind of a David Neitz type. Um, in the, I think he's the good. He's the big guy. He's good on the lead. Um. I think that's kind of the role that he would be well suited to. And I think that if we had a strong marking contested centre-half forwardy type, and he would more naturally fall into a full forward position, I think. I, I think I like him better sort of roaming a bit more because he's able to use his pace to his advantage, his reach a bit more. Whereas when he's sort of stuck at full forward, um, we kind of get lazy in our delivery to him and uh, just yeah. sort of bomb it to him and hope that he can outmark four defenders and another forward sort of thing. And Sam Gray jumping in front of him. Uh, I think that's a team problem rather than a Dixon problem, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Inter- me, interesting if... comment from uh, Scott Kent Collins on uh, Spreaker Chat. He says, uh, yeah. got to say, guy I sit next to drives over from Ballarat each home go. Wasn't expecting him there on Thursday night, but uh, but he was. That's dedication. Ballarat. I reckon there's a I reckon there's a fair chance that someone that insane is a listener. So if you are a listener, congratulations and you're insane. Well done, Ballarat Bob. Well done. Yeah, That's good great. work. <laughs> and Eddie Dingle has asked, uh, "Hat stands? Do they have a place in modern society?" No, not really. Probably not. No. 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 Well, especially so. well, especially in modern you know homes, no, because yeah. they make they make narrow corridors these days. That's what hooks are for. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And wardrobes. Yeah. That's it. Right, well, let's get on to our review of uh, what was a very interesting game on Thursday night. Port Adelaide defeated uh, Hawthorne 13 goals 20 
98 to the Hawks, uh, 7547. Um, as we mentioned earlier, it was a, uh, a record-breaking evening. Uh, we held Hawthorne scoreless in the first quarter, the very first time we've ever done that to an opponent. And uh, as we mentioned, Hawthorne's halftime score of zero goals three is its lowest in its history. Uh, Charlie Dixon kicked four goals, and Jarman Impey kicked two for the winners. Uh, let's split this up into the two halves. Um, again, what were your thoughts on the first half? Why did we play so well? And, um, yeah, what were your thoughts sort of leading into the second half and what the margin might be? Uh, I think that we played so well because the fact that Hawthorne couldn't get it out of their defence played into the fact that we had a bunch of guys ready to pick up loose ball and, and on that last line. Um, we were just able to... Like, we didn't have people in our actual defensive 50 for most of that first half. Yeah. Um, we just, and I guess that we picked a side that was well suited to, to take advantage of errant um, kicks going forward, um, which Hawthorne had a lot of. Realistically, they had a lot. We we must have had some sort of record um, intercept mark <laughs> stat at quarter time so. as well, because I reckon we yeah. must have had about twelve intercept marks um, yeah. at quarter time. Like it just, it seemed like every time they tried to uh, get out of our defensive, uh, or sorry, our forward line, we would just take a mark um, and, and bring it back in again, which was great. But um, their key players really just did not turn up at all. Like, um, outside of maybe Tom Mitchell. Now, look, Luke Hodge was okay, but, you know, Gunston is just having a shocking year. Puapolo the same. Um, you know, Vickery, just, just why... I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, Luke, Why Bruce, <laughs> Luke Bruce has gone back to the pack a bit. Sean Bur- Burgoyne couldn't back up his form from the previous week. Josh Gibson had a mare. Um, the list went on. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. Um, I really think that the one thing they didn't do was stretch us at all, really, in that first half. Like, they just weren't able to get the chain working. Um, and I guess that's probably because it's not really, I don't think that's their natural style. Um, mm. Like that, that's a more a Geelong natural style is to sort of work in gangs and do the fast handball. And we've been doing that a lot ourselves, let's be honest. And Sydney do it. Um, but Hawthorne's always been sort of like a pick out a kick and kick team. And when they don't have that 100% accuracy, it falls apart for them. And I think that's really what we saw. Um, the only reason Hawthorne's been able to get away with the style of play they've played, I guess, over the last several years is because they have been so machine-like uh, and really have excellent... I mean, they've got a, they had a, had a lot of really excellent kicks in their side that were consistent, that kept their cool. Um, we were not allowing them to keep, to get, to keep their cool, so they all just fell apart, really. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think opponents, and especially Hawthorne, might have underestimated just how good our forward press is. Like just I think how so. much pressure they're going to be put under. Um, and, and it's happened quite a few times this year. Like, I don't think teams... Like, even though they would have done their research and watched plenty of vision, I think when you're there in the moment, I think they're uh, underestimating just how quick we are in uh, putting them under a lot of pressure with the ball. Yeah, that's one of those things that kind of concerns me a little bit about the um, return matches, because we've had that problem before where the return matches in a year where we've been going pretty well, it's been kind of, ugh, because um, they've, they've got used to, they, they know what we do now. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those return matches go this year, the ones where we play them twice uh, and... Uh, what sort of impact that has on our ability to beat sides. Do you um, think the four or five players that um, that Hawthorne had out would have made any difference at all? Oh, uh, yeah, they'd have to, surely. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that was that's a lot of you know some good quality players in that lot. So yeah, I think so. Certainly, is uh, most of them are defenders. I think um, it might have made yeah. the game a, a bit different. Certainly, they wouldn't have had a, a zero goal three <laughs> halftime score. I don't think, and they would have been a lot cleaner coming out of the back line. I think as well. Yeah, well, I mean, they wouldn't have had to load up that back line as much if they had their first choice defenders in, realistically. Um, and like Birchall, for example, he's a guy that always plays well against us. Um, him out, I think that's actually a really big loss for them. Um, yeah, yeah. So the second half, uh, the match was uh, pretty well over as a contest, it's got to be said. Uh, we just seemed to relax a bit. Again, we were wasteful in front of goal. Um, and we just allowed Hawthorne to get a bit more bowl, like clean bowl out of the midfield, I thought, as well. Yeah, no, the umpires managed to uh, uh, break the, the streak and get Hawthorne on the board, so that was annoying, but there you go. Um, but, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, our potency kind of suffered when Hawthorne worked out a way to sort of break through a bit, um, to frustrate our attack and then sort of come back at us. Uh, I don't know whether it's just that we, if we're part of it is that we lost focus in the second half, which, I mean, that's obviously going to be a part of it um, after that first half, which was ridiculous, but... Their forwards started, you know, doing things and, yeah, they just looked a better team in the second half. Um, I guess, like you said, you know, they weren't expecting the level of pressure that came in the first half and I guess they worked out what they needed to do about it. Um, yeah. yeah. I think we dropped off probably a good sort of 5% as well and, you know, we're yeah. sort of rushing in and, and hitting the bodies as hard as what we were in that first half. Uh, as I said, the game was over. Um Look, it was very reminiscent of uh, the old uh, Choco Bowl era footy park days where you just go, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? But to be honest, I I wasn't, I don't know, usually like back then I was absolutely livid at that sort of thing. But today today I'm thinking about it and it's just like, well, I didn't actually mind it. I thought, you know, it's not a problem this week. I don't think it was Choco Bowl. I think you're misremembering Choco Bowl. Because Choco Ball involved a hell of a lot more pointless keeping off in the back half. Mm. Um, whereas we weren't doing as well, but we were actually going through the motions. Like we were trying to kick up field and all that sort of thing rather than just endlessly kicking from back pocket to back pocket like we used to do under Choco. Um, you know, we, uh, th- th- I think that was the frustrating part for me uh, going again back to that third quarter where we kicked one goal seven um, is that we were we were making attacks, but we weren't following through on them. Uh, we weren't getting we weren't our structure wasn't there we're too defence heavy yada 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 we've said all that already um, mm. yeah but I think that I don't think we are playing Choco Ball because Choco Ball was much more keep possession and we're not <clears> we, we were giving up possession you know as much as we have been all games every year all year yeah, Choco Ball not in that sense of uh, of that old sort of uh, keepings off style football more the the thought of wow we're going to win by 100 here and suddenly you only win by 30 sort of thing, because uh, you let the opposition kick the last six goals of the game. Um, yeah. Annoying but... Choco thing, which happened every single game uh, that we won in that era for about six years. But for me, that's why it wasn't Choco ball in this game, because um, uh, we were still attacking properly. You know, we were, st- we were st- as, as much as the, the commitment might not have been there just as much and it wasn't working as well, like we were still making genuine forward attacks the whole time. Uh, and on a choco ball, like that was a frustrating part, like that we just seriously didn't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that that's a huge difference. So I'd be very reluctant to label this as choco ball. Mm. So the end result, happy with it? Fifty-one point win, happy. Well, it's one of those things that make me 
I want to ask a question of the spin crew. Um, in that last week, you know, we came out of the game saying, oh, we won three quarters, so, you know, that's that's all right, and we were competitive. Well, this game, we only won two quarters, so is this a worse game than last week? <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> you know, like that's that's kind of, for me, like I've already said, that, that third quarter where we kicked one goal seven, and even the last quarter where we kicked, what, three goals five, like, and we lost both quarters, yeah. that... You know, that's really concerning, and I do believe that it's probably something we can mostly put down to an imbalance towards defensive players and loose halfback flankers and Jimmy Tompas, uh, and that can be corrected quite quite easily. Um, but we need to do it, and we need to get those midfielders game ready. So, Yeah. Mm. Was it a great win in the end? Probably not. It was just no, a win, no. but it's a win that we had to have. Um, it was a little bit of a danger game coming in, um, but we put that to rest pretty early on in the piece and uh, and cruise to the end and um, yeah I'm not too unhappy about that this week I've, I'm pretty happy with how we played and uh, as, a, as a whole um, so let's look at some individual players and we'll talk about the man that came in uh, the last minute inclusion Jimmy Tumpus big Dimitri <laughs> who had uh, 26 touches he took 7 marks just the one tackle only 3 contested disposals only the one inside 50 as well. Disposal efficiency, 65%. Um, could have kicked a great goal where he did a, a really nice um, fake and uh, just couldn't make the distance from 45 metres out. Um, how did he play? Very vanilla. He's a, <laughs> he's a player that, that that if you were a bottom four side, he'd be getting games every week and he'd be quite high up in your best and fairest and that'd be why you're a bottom four side. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's that's really where he's at. He does not belong, in, like in a team that is contesting, that is supposed to be contesting for a premiership. He doesn't belong in that side. Like he's mm. the least exceptional. He doesn't meet all the basic requirements of guys that play the positions he's playing. Um, he, even that he doesn't have a, a good combination of speed, skill, impact, awareness, down uh, down the field vision, all those things. He's not a particularly great mark. He's not particularly anything. He's not tough. Uh, he's not quick. He's not fast. He's not particularly accountable. Um, he's just missing so many of the traits that you need at AFL level. And just the fact that he managed to get on hard work alone, is, uh, that's a selection, huge selection error in my view. It's Yeah, really. Look, for a team that has Jonas, Ben jones Cleary, Pittard, Homsch, Hartlett and Broadbent, that's seven defenders who are playing there already. I think mm. the last thing we needed was another loose back flanker. And that's essentially the role that he had. Um, Absolutely. Uh, did he play well? I thought he was okay. Like He was okay. He got a lot of the ball. He didn't have an opponent. No one went near him. Uh, the concern for me was that, given that, he should have been hitting targets all over the place. And he wasn't. Yeah. And he had um, almost clangers for us. Oh, there, there was... <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. There was one moment where he sort of... Um, I think he looked to sort of kick on his... Uh, on his right, he's he, near the boundary. He stopped, um, sort of uh, did a little fake turn thing, kicked on his left, and kicked it out of bounds on the full when there was no one near him. And you just heard the collective groan of the crowd when that happened. It was, I think, it was late in the first quarter when that happened. And you just thought, oh, if you can't hit targets like that, you, you really probably don't belong at AFL level. And no. there was probably three or four occasions where he did that um, throughout the game as well which were pretty disappointing. Um, 
Yeah, he obviously came in for Carl Amon. Um, are there any other queries that Carl Amon should not be in the side by anybody right now? Because I don't think there should be. <laughs> Look, he's got about four things on Tumpus. Um, he's long kick. He could have made that goal, or at least he could have got the distance. Um, he actually is able to see downfield and set stuff up. He's fast and he's accountable and he's tough. And Tumpus is none of those. Um, and but Tumpus doesn't have anything that Carl Amon doesn't have, except maybe a few centimeters, four yeah. centimeters maybe. But because he doesn't contest, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, he had six score involvement, so he did get involved in some decent chains for a while there. But I don't know. At, at the end of the day, I, I, like if that's that's probably as good as as he will ever play at AFL level. Yeah, and yeah. He, and if that's Pete Tumpus and he's just okay. Um, then I'm not sure he's got much going forward, to be honest. Which sounds harsh. I don't. I really don't want to be harsh. I try not to be harsh on too many of our players because I love them all and I really want all of them to succeed. But um, I can't wait for Carl Amon to come back in this week. Yeah, I'm going to be harsher. I'm going to say, uh, as I said in the, the, the pre-show to Macca, is that I'm glad that he had a win for his last game because I don't want to see him in Asheville level again, really. <laughs> Fair enough. Not for us, anyway. Yeah, Charlie Dixon. He had a he had a big game. Four goals. He was on fire in that first quarter. Took a number of really strong contested grabs. He ended up with five contested grabs for the day. Uh, took eight marks in total, and he's just an absolute beast at the moment. And he's having a run of form, which is uh, I think pretty rare for a Port Adelaide forward. Yeah, he's doing really well. Um, Brendan Lade, Brendan Lade. I'm going to keep pumping his tyres, but now I'm. Just, I have been doing that all year, but now I'm starting to think I shouldn't because they're talking about like who are the next coaches going to be, and he's the one with a level four coaching certificate that might become a senior coach. So I'm going to, Brendan. This is the last time I'm going to talk good things about you because our rucks and our forwards are doing pretty well. Um, I'm not going to say anything else. That's it. But I, I think that he's had some good direction, which he needed as a player coming a from Queensland and b coming from Gold Coast. Um, I think that he's finally had it this year, and I think that's really showed in his game because he's always been he's always been willing to work. You can see that in the way he plays. He's always been willing to work hard, and I think that he's finally had the direction he needs. So I think that's yeah. really showing this year. He's really sort of solved the issues that he had last year, and you know I think he's averaging something like eight marks and uh, over three goals a game over the last um, what five weeks or so. So he's in great form at the moment, and and gladly it doesn't really look like stopping. Yeah, no, he's been doing really well, and he's been kicking goals early in matches, which, I mean, I, I really like. I really like players that kick goals early in matches when they're being decided. Um, that's a really big deal for me, personally. Uh, and the fact that he's consistently gets a goal in the first half, almost, um, I, I'm really stoked about that. Um, and it's probably part of why I'm a little bit more tolerant of Sam Gray as well, for that same reason. He usually gets a goal early in the game. He did this game as well. Um, but, you know, he's done all right, Dixon. Yeah. He's good. Absolutely. Uh, Brendan Archie. Um, we spoke about him a little bit before, but uh, 26 touches, four tackles, six clearances, uh, six inside 50s, and kicked a wonderful goal at the end of that first quarter where he sort of shimmied around about six opponents and um, and put it on the boot and it went through the middle. And, um, you know, he's having a, a very uh, impressive return to the side. Yeah, yeah, but again... Come on. Look, for me, again, he kind of sort he's of wasn't... Well. He, but again, he kind of wasn't doing much until we were four goals up. Um, oh. <laughs> it's true. It's oh, I don't true. Know about he, that. he really, he really wasn't. He was, he was, he was trying things and they weren't coming together. And then when we were, you know, well and truly yeah, on top, he started playing well quarter. again. 
He had nine touches yeah. in the first quarter. Yeah, but we were went we were four goals up ten minutes in. <laughs> What's not close to that? I don't know. I think you're a little bit harsh there. Well, look, you can say that. Look, he played well, absolutely, and he showed he showed um, a good ability to change what he's doing really quickly, which is something he probably didn't have two years ago, um, or at least he wasn't doing it at AFL level. In that, when the first option's not there, he's shown that he can find a second and a third fairly quickly. So that's good. Yeah. He needs that. He desperately needs that if he's going to play any kind of inside role. Yeah. Um, so in that respect, he played well. But again, like the teams he's played well against, like it's not even. I'm not blaming him. This is not me slamming Brendan Archie here. But, I mean, he's got it doing against good sides for me to say anything more than I did a couple of years ago when we were saying he's going to be excellent. Because, I mean, he kicked, what, he had the 26 disposal, 20-something disposals and a goal against Hawthorne two years ago when we were all saying, yeah, and he's getting Brownlow votes and everything, and then he just started doing nothing again. We need to say that he's not going to do it again. Yeah. He's not going to just be a, t- a player that plays well when we're going well. Yeah. Fair enough. That's okay. Yeah. Are you happy for him to stay in the side? Oh, at this point, for sure. Um, you know, if we're picking Jimmy Tumpus, I'm happy to have almost anyone in the side. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Patrick Ryder, he had a, uh, a bit of a ripper in the ruck. Um, only yeah, only think... 23 hitouts, but um, his ability to direct those taps um, down our midfielder's throats was uh, very, very impressive indeed. But the part of his game which I was so frustrated with was, as I said a little bit earlier, I reckon he must have dropped about nine marks inside 50, where they just went through his hands. And he had clean, uh, or the ability to take a clean grab on each of those occasions, and he and he muffed them. Uh, get some grippo, son. Put on your jumper, rub your hands in it, and then you'll take those grabs. Yeah, maybe he needs a glove or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he certainly was tapping to advantage, but like we know, the Hawthorne are kind of are pretty used to roving to losing rucks, and that kind of showed itself in clearances. Like, we only won by, what, eight clearances for the game? Um, yeah, he, he did good. He did good. I'm not criticising Paddy Ryder at all for this, um, and certainly it's a huge improvement on what we've had previously. Uh, I know that the commentators on TV, they're talking about, oh, is he in all Australian consideration? It's like he kind of has to be, doesn't he? I mean, who's who's beating him this year? You know, not, I know he's not playing... Sandy Lins, what? Uh, and so who else is there that you'd say is a All-Australian ruck at this time? Probably Mumford and Grundy, I would say, would mm. be ahead. Possibly Ahead, Jacobs. you reckon? Oh, definitely oh. Grundy ahead for me. Okay. Um, I would say Mumford as well. Yeah, I'm not so sure about Mumford, but okay. Yeah, sure. Outside of that, <laughs> probably not too many. He's right up there, for sure. He, he's if, certainly right up there. I'm, uh, if he was taking those I'm, marks, I'm trying to stall a little bit just so I can have another look. But yeah, <laughs> look, de- definitely Grundy for me. I think is uh, has been the number one ruck this year. Mumford okay. and Jacobs probably on the next level down with Ryder. Um, outside of that, yeah, he, he's certainly in contention. He'd be top four at the moment for sure. I think that if, like I was just trying to say, if Patrick Ryder was taking those marks and kicking a few more goals, he'd be right up there. Um, he would be number one. Yeah, comfortably. Like that's that, sure. that, that's that's the, if he if he if he wants to get all Australian ruckman on his list for 2017, uh, he's got to get those he's got to get those goals. Yeah, for sure. And as I said, he's had the ability to do it, and that's where Grundy's really sort of um, well in front because he's had something like 10 more marks this year and and about 100 right. more disposals as well. So he's getting a lot of the ball, a lot more ball than what uh, Paddy is at the moment. Okay. But, um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. And 
Look, I think, yeah, as I said, he could have had a real sort of career game out there had he taken those grabs. Um, he could have ended up with, you know, two or three goals and uh, would have looked bloody good. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, Jarman Impey, another one who I think uh, is in pretty decent form at the moment. He had six scoring shots, which is great. Put um, four points. <laughs> put four points. Again, it's, it's almost an unfair criticism, like uh, my criticism of Ryder of, uh, uh, just then. Um, learn how to snap, mate. Come on. <laughs> well, well he's not. He could, he could be sitting on about twenty-five goals this year if he uh, if he could snap correctly. Because it seems like every second time he has a snapshot at goal, it goes about eighty meters high and about you know twenty meters wide of the mark. Well, let's be fair. Like we, didn't, I don't think we recruited him as a small forward. Like we recruited him as a running halfback, and the fact that he's playing he was a forward... small forward in his in his year. Oh, in his draft year. Yeah, but that's... Yeah, all right. Well, look, I mean, I can see why you'd say that, but, like, small forward in your draft year, that can quite often mean you're good at marking on the lead and kicking from a, a you know, a straight shot. shot. Um, but like you said, like, snapping, if you don't have... You know, you can be a, you can be a small forward at, at junior level and not be able to snap a goal. Um, I'd reckon Cameron Hitchcock has kind of fit that role a little bit as well, um, mm. in that he was a guy that could take a mark as a leading small, but he didn't have the agility to really do much as far as snapping goals. Um, and Jarman Impey's got a lot to his game that that forward role probably won't really employ. Um, so, I don't know. If I was Jarman, I might be a bit frustrated by the way he's being played this year. Um, I don't know. I think he's better. I think if, if okay. If, I, I think, think, there would I think be... he's playing better now than he ever has throughout his career, which I think is really, really good. And I think <sighs> he's we've finally found a role for him which he could really succeed at. I think he's just that... You know, ten fifteen percent off what he could be. I, I don't know. A few people think that I ride him too hard, especially um, Bigfooty poster uh, Schultzenfest thinks I'm I'm unfairly sort of criticising him a, a bit in recent weeks. But I've got huge hopes for Impy, and I think he could be an absolute superstar. And he's he's almost there. It's just that little bit extra which is going to sort of push him into really bloody good player category. For me, I think that him playing the role he's currently playing is better for the team, and so therefore he has to keep doing it. But I think that if I was Jarman MP, I'd really want to be in a position where I can go for more runs because he clearly likes doing it and he's good at it. Um, so I think playing so close to goal, I think that maybe is not ideal for him. Hmm. Fair enough. That's a that's a fair call. Uh, our defensive trio, once again, Cleary, Jonas, Hompsch, uh, just dominated. Cleary is our best defender this year, I reckon. Uh, I would still say Jonas. Okay. Um, nah, but Cleary, like not far behind. Not far behind. And, and that's that's impressive because I really didn't know what to think of Cleary at the end of last year. I thought, well, is he going to get his chance to sort of settle in the side? Is Austin going to be sort of our number one sort of go-to full-back? Um, I thought he would be. Um, so for Cleary to sort of jump over the top of him and not allow Austin to get anywhere near the side, really... Um, has been great. And, uh, you know, he played on Jack Dunstan, who's a really tricky opponent, kicks a lot of goals, or at least used to. Uh, he's very quick, runs like a runs like the wind. And he kept him to two marks and just four kicks, no scoring shots. Oh, he's played bloody well this year. His really. focus, I think for me, like the, what's really stepped up for him is just his ability to focus the whole game, um, which, I mean, that's the most important thing for a key defender, is just mm. to not lose your opponent. Uh, and you know, in a in a brief moment, um, he's been really, really um, accountable. Is kind of the word I want to use. Diligent, I guess that's what I want to say. Diligent. Yeah. 
Yeah. And look, that's just come with development. You know, he's only 28 games into his career. So, yeah. you know, he's still a baby in that sort of sense. Um, and it's been really good watching his development. And he's just improved week after week after week after week, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if people want to write in questions saying, hey, Porsche, you know, are you going to admit that you're wrong? Like, he's a guy I'm more willing to admit I'm wrong on than Brendan Archie, that's for sure. He's been yeah. absolutely first rate this year. For sure. Um, and the other two, look, Homsch uh, gave Vickery a bath, which uh, was probably expected. But I thought James did a really good job on, on Roughhead for about three quarters. He, he got away late in the game, but uh, for three quarters, he really sort of gave him no sort of uh, chance to have any sort of impact either. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I kind of feel, I don't know, maybe I'm being unfair on Jonas in that regard because we know what Roughhead's been going through in recent years. And, uh, you know, you just kind of think, oh, my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how how it's affected his performance and all that stuff. But yeah, no, he's done. He did all right. Don't Janice for sure. Mm. Um, Ty Vickery. Oh, I love watching Ty Vickery at Hawthorne. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I never liked Ty Vickery at Richmond at any point. Um, and so seeing him go to Hawthorne just completely flop. It's just like, yeah. If any, if any, look, if any club in the league deserved to have a key forward flop, it's definitely Hawthorne after trading away what Dick Ben Dixon to North Melbourne. And then Nathan Thompson to North Melbourne, mm. um, you know, and, and then both just were not, they should not, neither of them should have been traded. They should have both had their medical histories known by the trading club. So the I fact that Dixon, Vickery, yeah, Jonathan Hay. Oh, Jonathan Hay. Jonathan Hay, yeah. that was the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, going to um, North Melbourne. And, you know, that, that's that's kind of like, yeah, good. Hawthorne deserve a player that just does not work out for them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Actually, I did yeah. miss a... a uh, a big footy question before, which was um, oh, who okay. in our team is uh, in all Australian form so far this year? Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? Mm. Um, Evert is definitely in all Australian form. I think I think he'll get there too with this two hundred up. Well, I would I would think Ebert would be in the side at this point. Yeah, I'm I agree. Very very to close to it. Mm. I reckon Dixon should be, but. I haven't kept too much track on how the other key forwards in the league do, and they only pick two. They won't pick three. No. Um, so that always goes against key forwards because there should be three and they only pick two. Um, I don't know. Uh, in defence, oh, I don't know. Like you said, I mean, I think that Jonas has probably got more chance than Clory, but I would have Clory right up there. Uh, and Paddy Ryder has to be right up there as well. I mean, on the bench, if not as the main ruck. Yeah. As I said before, Ryder's probably in the top four rucks so far this year, so he's in the uh, in the conversation. Brad Ebert should be up there. Ollie Wine should be up there. Yeah. I would love for Jared Pollock to be up there because he's by he far the be. best sort of outside um, sort of wing-type player this year, in my opinion. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, in defence, Jonas should be talked about, but he won't be because I don't think he's a fashionable footballer. Look, I kind of think that if we maintain our position as the number one defence, which considering there's an 80-point margin between us and the nearest team at this point, it's probably likely to happen, um, then I think that Jared Pollock might get named on a half-back flank because they'll have to name someone from Port <laughs> if we if we do that. They'll have to name a defender from Port. Um, yeah, and he might be the one. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, not sure. I think if we certainly maintain that, um, that stat line, I think someone from our defence... We'll get in, but it's likely to be someone like Broadbent. <laughs> but they'll um, sort of shoehorn in there somehow. Nah, nah, he's nah. 
they always prefer the more midfieldery defenders. So if it might be a Pittard, and particularly if Pittard goes to North Melbourne in free agency, they'll definitely name Pittard then. Um, <laughs> I hope so, because that'll give us uh, more compensation <laughs> as well. Will it? Oh, that'd be oh, nice. Yeah, okay. So. On that case, I'm all in favour. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Bring it on. Great. Pittard, Pittard for Australia. AA. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, dear. Ollie Wines, he was uh, wonderful on the weekend as well. 28 touches, 10 yeah. clearances, just, you know, he's just so reliable these days. He's he's good enough. He's good enough now that commenting on Ollie Wines playing a game like he did this week is non-eventful. Mm. <laughs> yeah? Like that's that's really that's superstar status. That's how, that's how you know. It's not the really great games. It's that when you play it's a really in, excellent game, week in, week yeah. out, and you just play a game, you think, oh, yeah, Ollie Wines played an Ollie Wines game. And objectively, it was fantastic. That's superstar status. So he's up there now. Well done. Yeah. Well done, Yoli. Yeah. He's at, you know, bare minimum sort of 7, 8 out of 10 week mm, in, week mm. out, which is great. Absolutely. And, of course, Brad Ebert in his 200th game, um, he played an absolute ripper as well. 12 tackles, um, you know, 35-odd possessions or something. He was, uh, he was brilliant. Uh, just needed to kick a goal, and that would have really topped it off. Yeah, how many years is it until we get Leo Ebert as father son? <laughs> <laughs> a long time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, he he played really well. Uh, he's had a fantastic season. Absolutely, there's no doubt. This is career best season. Yeah, there's not an even close. That's it. Well, let's talk about the Magpies because they had yeah. another strong win this week. Uh, they beat South Adelaide in uh, Norlunga by fifty points, nineteen thirteen to twelve goals five. Brett Eddy kicked three goals against his old club, whilst uh, Jesse Palmer, Gus Monfries, Aidan Johnson, Peter Adams, and Willem Drew kicked two goals each. Tell me about Drew. How's he doing? Uh, he had one of his best games. Uh, again, he's sort of backing it up now. I think he's uh, feeling a lot more comfortable at SANFL level. He had 17 touches, 11 tackles, and kicked uh, two wonderful goals, like two of the goals of the day. Um, uh, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's really backing it up, which is great. Um, I thought it would come a little bit later, but uh, his last three or four weeks have been really, really strong, which is good. Uh, is he playing that mix of outside and inside in the Magpie side, or is he, he is. kind of more outside? Oh, okay, no, he's, doing he's, he's certainly playing a bit more inside than he was. Excellent. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's where that's his sweet spot, eh? is that sort of middle traffic, mid, mid-level traffic thing. That's it. And uh, our boy Joe Attlee once again. Yeah, um, just backing it up week after week. Twenty six touches, ten tackles, uh, four inside fifties, and kicked a goal as well. So, um, as I guess it's just a waiting game for him. I think he's in front of uh, a couple of others, um, of the, <laughs> of the sort of younger guys on our list, and uh, he's just got to wait for a spot. Well, Maka, I mean, you know, I'm always saying that you have to reward SNFL form. So, um, obviously, when you drop Tumpus this week, has to be out in, right? Oh, it's got to be. So Jesse Palmer, our, uh, our player sponsor this year, will have something to say about that because he was probably best on ground. He had 30 touches, 10 marks, uh, 7 tackles, 8 inside 50s and kicked 2 goals as well. So, cool. How's his disposal? Uh, it's a lot better. He's, oh, is um, it? Okay, good. He, his disposal has improved out of sight over the last yeah, couple of years. That, and that's his Achilles heel. Yeah, I think he's now a reliable kick. Um, okay. Certainly a reliable kick. Um, and look, again, it's just a waiting game for him, I think. Um, mm. Should we go sort of Palmer for Young? I mean, it's quite possible. Um, you know, Palmer's in absolutely great form, and he's getting that sort of stat line every week now. 
Okay, that's so good. you can't really sort of keep him out much longer, especially when um, Aaron Young's probably not performing to expectation. I'm a little bit disappointed you didn't call me on my comment about uh, rewarding a NFL form earlier, Maka. I oh, thought that was a funny. I thought that was a funny joke. But it was okay. good. I liked it. <laughs> okay, I'm sure, cool. our listeners would have got it as well. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, Aaron Young, he's kind of disappeared, hasn't he? Like, we, it's, you started the year. The first couple of games, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, he's backed up, but it's just gone. It's just gone completely. Um, I don't know if it's because Charlie Dixon's not giving him goals anymore. I don't know if that's a thing. Um, don't know. Don't know. But, yeah, it, you have to say he's very much right for replacement in our side. Um, probably not this week because we don't seem to like changes after a, new, a win or a nearly win. Um, but he should be really put under a bit of pressure, I think, Aaron Young. Yeah. Look, I think we should almost be calling him Josh Jenkins, to be honest, because it yeah. seemed like last year pretty much every goal he kicked was sort of over the back, running into an open goal. Um, whereas yeah. this year, I don't think he's kicked one of them yet, and he's uh, he's kind of struggling to find ways to uh, to impact the scoreboard. I think this year, um, I don't think it, like I don't think he's doing too bad. Like I think he's getting involved in the play enough. He's just not doing it forward of centre enough and he's not um, impacting the scoreboard enough so maybe a, a spell in the reserves for a couple of weeks just to see if he can get a bit more of the ball uh, might be on the cards yeah well I mean we've got it's not as though we don't have options that can potentially come in like Palmer can come in like you said because he's in good form um, Aiden Johnson you said kicked a couple of goals so he must be around about the mark surely he was pretty quiet, but he did kick two goals. Okay. He had a great okay. run-down tackle in front of goal um, and was rewarded. Uh, that, that was a really good goal. He had, he had 11 touches and kicked two goals. So oh, yeah. He's, he's consistently yeah. getting that sort of stat line. He just needs to find a way to get another sort of five or six touches and, and get involved a little bit more further up the ground. I think that's, that's his problem. Gus Monfries is the other one who's uh, certainly around the mark. Uh, he had another big game, 26 touches, two goals, seven marks. Um, so we know that he's backing it up week after week as well now. Yeah, well, I mean, if he's, if you if Mumphries is coming in to replace Young, that's kind of okay, I guess. Yeah. Um, because you know that's a similar sort of role. To, but he, well, it's I don't know. The same role. So I, I would well, think. how's Mumphries' accountability against um, uh, the opposition defenders? Because I think that's the one thing that Young kind of has in his favour, and yeah. he's reasonably accountable. I reckon that's one of the things that Gus has in his favour as well. Like, okay. He's always been a pretty good defensive forward, I think, yeah. Gus. That's been able yeah. to kick goals. All right. Uh, I think in his last sort of sort of 12 months, maybe even 2014 as well when he was playing, um, it was that sort of scoreboard uh, side of things which sort of uh, went away a little bit as opposed to his defensive pressure. For me, I'm worried that we'd be adding, in addition to uh, Robbie Gray, that we'd be adding a second Mark Small to our forward line. Yeah. We would be. Um, mm. I don't like that. And, that, and that's probably a, a bit of a problem. But we'd be doing that if we were bringing in Jesse Palmer as well, really. Ah, oh, but he's... Yeah, I don't know. He's better at ground, though, isn't he? He's probably he's better, better through ball. the midfield. Um, yeah. I would say Gus Monfries is probably better with the, the ground ball, though. Okay, all right. Well, that's probably the way we need to lean. Yeah. Um, well, I think that if we're getting, if we're going to replace Young, it has to be someone that is number one accountable, uh, number two, that they, they are good at getting the ball when it is not coming from a mark or when, yeah, basically, that's what it's got to be. Yeah. So whoever that is, they come in. Mm. 
And Todd Marshall, we mentioned him a bit earlier. 13 touches, 8 marks, and kicked as well. So, um, yeah. again, I think it looks like he's feeling a bit more comfortable at SANFL level, and he's, he's starting to get a lot more of the ball, getting involved in the play a lot more. Uh, on a more regular basis as well. He's not going missing for sort of um, you know, 30, 40 minutes at a time like he was at the start of the year, but obviously that development's come, uh, which is great. Yeah, now we've got a couple of comments from uh, Spring Chat, from, all from Pommy Power. Um, he reckons Drew was amazing and Atley. Um, he said someone kicked Ripper, but I don't know who that was. Um, Wingard to come back in. He also said earlier that he was one of the people from Oldinga making the trip on the Thursday night, so I'm guessing that probably wasn't all that pleasant, but there you go. Yeah, again, that's a... Yeah, it would have been freezing down at Old Inga on Thursday <laughs> night, to be honest. It's been uh, really, really cold in uh, in South Australia the last yeah, uh, four yeah. or five days. Very, very cold. No, no, it's been a very cold start to the winter. Um, mm. Mm. <laughs> times. Well, I guess that's it. All right. For tonight. Um, okay, I just want to see if there's someone else I can have a good night. No, not really. We're all good. <laughs> All good? Yeah, I mean, we could talk about Justin Westhoff briefly in that he's kind of nondescript again this week, but no, nah, there's not much point. Oh, that's part he of the He was super, no, he was, I, I, I didn't even realise he played pretty much. Like, I couldn't pinpoint things he did, so. But he got 18 possessions, kicked a point, so, yeah, whatever. Good work. <laughs> Great. All right, cool. Um, now, there was one other thing I want to do, which is that I wanted to do a little plug for a bit of port gear which is that they've brought out the new Merino scarves for all the clubs um, on the, the, you know, the, the, the um, when they had them last year, which were, they had a, a teal and black striped one last year, which wasn't all that good. The one for this year is really nice looking. It's very comfortable. I got it this week um, for the Essendon game coming up. Um, yeah, very nice the scarf. the scarf or the Melbourne scarf? No, the port scarf, Mac. Oh, Actually, the Melbourne scarf's kind of weird because it it's got grey on it for some reason. I don't okay. know why. Um, but the port one's really interesting, really nice mix of colours. Um, and if you're walking through town, like, you know, people won't automatically go, oh, port fan. Um, but when you're at the game, it's like, oh, yeah, port colours, right there. So it's one of those neat ones for walking through town. Cool. I've got to say, uh, the port people were out in force this weekend. Um, yesterday at work, I reckon just about every second customer that came in the door was yeah. wearing either a port beanie, a port hat, or a port scarf. Oh, good on them. Excellent. Well, there, I reckon there was probably 30 people wearing a port scarf out and about on a Sunday, which is great. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess we've had our weekends free for the last few weeks, so... You know. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. We had to make sure it sort of half felt like football day. By way that's right, that's right. It's just it's just a reaction, like, oh, we haven't played football yet this weekend, better put the scarf on just in case the match starts. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. Well, I think we're playing, uh, we're going to be uh, recording on Thursday night this week. All right. Back to normal. About bloody time. Good stuff. I think we play on a Saturday (laughs) night, which is uh, also incredible. Oh, my God. It's like football season. (laughs) Good stuff. All right. Well, until then, we'll speak to you Thursday. No worries. We'll speak to you then. Can the power. Can port. Uh, and, um, and, and, yeah, Marshall. Marshall, Marshall. Are we going to start that? Marshall. He ignores it. He goes long to Ebert. Bouncing ball. Back of the pack. Stuart Jew. Box back there. Needs to rush it. Jew off the deck. The Jew kick. The ball. Has slowed it. The ball barracks for Port. <laughs>